We are in a series on relationships, and specifically it's called Relationship Renovation. Renovation means to improve, to rebuild. We all have to do this in our lives. Kiddos, I know sometimes that things don't go good with your siblings or with your parents, but that doesn't mean it's always going to stay bad. It can get better. Like these kids were getting ready to watch a video. These kids had a rough time, but it does get better in life. She dumped me. Really? She's a gold digger. Oh! So cute! Try it again! It's gone. Did you get that? Girlfriend. Um, Avery, you heard that? Before Daddy goes to work, we still have to go outside and get him his last birthday present, don't we? Yeah. But it's a secret surprise. Yeah. Do I go see it? What is it? It's Mola. What? what is it? Don't tell him. You have to kiss the princess. Oh, oh thank you, Crown. You're so nice. Okay. <laughs> Give each other hugs. Uh oh. Get ready for it. What are you doing? <laughs> Yay! Things don't always go as planned, but that's all right. That makes life fun and exciting. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 3. We're going to learn some new things from the Word of God about relationships and about God's relationship with His Son, about the power of blessing and how we need to view relationships at all times. Every relationship you'll have, you'll, you'll, you'll view as a blessing 
are a difficulty. And yes, there are difficulties in them, but ultimately our relationships come from God and God wants to teach us how to have more blessed ones. Matthew 3. Jesus has not started his earthly ministry yet. He's going to John the Baptist to be baptized. He's fulfilling Old Testament prophecy as he fulfilled them all. There's over 300 Old Testament prophecies that Jesus has already fulfilled. He fulfilled his, his birth, life, death, and resurrection, and that he will fulfill. There's still some yet fulfilled because he hasn't come back. Matthew 3, 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, here's all three of the Trinity right here at the Jordan, and saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Wow, that's a great statement. I want to hear that when I breathe my last, right? Now, this is what's so great about that statement. This is before Jesus' ministry. Has a miracle happened? No. Blind eyes opened? Not one. Any, even just the water into wine? No. His earthly ministry has not start, started. And God pronounces blessing over his son. He pronounces blessing and acceptance. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. All the fullness of God's blessing came upon Jesus before all the great, before all the gospels had been written, before they had happened and taken place. You've got some notes there, kids. You've got some too. Three quick little points in this sermon we want to learn here. Number one. Blessing is not based on performance. It can't be, because our performance will never add up, right? The blessing of God is based solely on the work of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For by grace you have been saved, right? Amen. We need to understand that, exude this, live this in our lives, especially in the performance-driven culture we live in. It's not, performance is not bad that we work hard and want to be great at something, but this is a dominant performance-driven culture and was in this time. Remember, the Roman world was might, was might makes right. The Roman world dominated by physical ability. Right? I watched football yesterday. Even those kids... Because they're 18 to 22. Wow, their abilities. They seem to get better every year. Their physical performance is amazing to watch. But those coaches, those leaders are not, that's actually secondary to a really good coach. What is he pushing in them? Identity. Their ability as men. Their ability, hopefully if it's a Christian, their ability through Christ alone. So we need to know, we need to think, okay, Lord, I am not going to talk I am not going to live 
I'm not going to have a home that's based on performance because that brings children up in a performance mentality, which is prevalent in this culture, and we don't want it. This is why. It's perfect love that casts out all fear. I want you to know, kids, I don't, young, old, whoever it is, you have nothing to prove here. We love you. God loves you. And you can come to him, and that is what brings freedom. Whether you had a great day or a bad day, whether your performance was good or bad, we have to understand that's the heart of the Father, and we can come to Jesus like that. I've got a little... My kids draw and stuff a lot. I think they're forced to in my home. It's a homeschooler thing, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really like drawing all that much. My son drew something a few months ago. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like a Picasso. <laughs> So that, that's, two, that's two people fishing, if you, you just have to know. I have to tell you what it is because it's hard to see. This is not very good, is it? No. It's not about performance. It's not about performance. This is my son um, on a fishing trip. He, he drew this, and I thank you for it, after we went fishing, and I love it because it talks about a great memory he has in his mind. Ephesians 2.8 says it so beautifully, so well, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we understand that Jesus' ministry started. He lived the Holy Spirit, the perfect life, because he knew he was, uh, as, as God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And he lived that, the earthly life and that earthly ministry in perfection through the words of God. Now we're going to go to the book of Luke to the end of his earthly ministry after he has been resurrected. And I say earthly ministry. He's with us always. I'm just talking about when he was here on this planet. So go in your Bible to Luke 24. Luke 24, we're going to read 50 to 53, the very end of Luke. And he led them out as far as Bethany. This is important to know because they started in Jerusalem and he's going to lead them some two to three miles. That's a long walk. I wonder what they talked about. I wonder how that conversation was going. Because... The road from Jerusalem to Bethany would have been the road of their failure and difficulty. The longest part you have to go all the way around and then kind of through is through the garden, the olive grove, the place that they had all denied him and fled. He leads them through their failure, through their failure, through all the problems, the issues, the lack of faith they had in their life. That's what they're literally walking through and looking at. He led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and what? Blessed them. Through their failure, through their shortcomings, he is the road they travel to Bethany. And he says... 
I'm going to tell you. I've done the work. I'm going to bless you. Verse 51. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried into heaven. In the middle, it almost says like he was blessing them, some of your Bibles may say. In the process of. Now he didn't get cut short. An angel or someone didn't get it wrong and took him up too early. We humans here may get off on a slide or a song or something, but they didn't. While he was blessing in the process of. The reason the Bible says that is because he ever lives to make intercession for us. He is in a constant state of blessing. It wasn't a once and done thing. It was a, I, the blessed one, am going to bless throughout all of eternity. I love the way he says that. While he was blessing, he was parted from them. Number two on your notes. Now, being like Jesus is a pattern of blessing people. I said number one, right? Okay, good. So one, two, three, that's it. I said it was simple. It's this pattern. Jesus did this all the time. There's a beautiful text in, um, in Mark, in Matthew. It actually is the only time Jesus interacts with children. It doesn't make sense at first. You read it and it says, and the children came unto him, he blessed them and he left. That's it. He just comes to them, he blesses them, and then he, he's out the door. He has to leave. He has a ministry, he has other things. He, the, clearly the Spirit of God said go and he had to go. That's all the text says. The whole point of it in the Bible is simply, he just wanted to bless and be a blessing. It says he blessed him and he departed from there. No, no miracles, no nothing. There's nothing else there. He just wanted to bless. It was his nature. It's a pattern in his life. Being like Jesus means living a pattern of blessing people. Just a simple pattern. Blessing is a command of God. We need to know it's not just a decision or something that's good to do. It's a command, Romans 12, 14. And it's a wide command. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Short, simple, to the point. It's a command to bless people. I am blessed in my life to have many wonderful relationships. Some of them... Um, Long-term, short-term. I have three overseers here, and two of them, y'all know one you've actually never met. I'm going to show you a picture of him. This is Greg DeVries. This is going to be hard to handle here. You think you have it bad. Okay, so Greg is the one sitting down with the little girl in his lap. The lady next to him sitting down is his wife. Now, this is, this is, this is going to get tricky here. He has 12, they have, they, excuse me, she's been pregnant nine years, I will say they. They have 12 biological children, no twins. I don't know how you do that. That's, that's Holy Ghost stuff, okay? So he <laughs> clearly they're very busy. The reason three of them are married. So you see like the little couple with the two, that's, they're married. And the one with the beard, he's married. And the one that's on the end, uh, they're married. So but 12 are theirs, three married, and then they started in the second generation. I cannot begin to tell you how busy that man is and how neither one of them sleep at all. But... Every single Sunday morning, he sends me a text. Every Sunday. Maybe once, one Sunday a year or two he misses. 
50 texts every Sunday morning. Just a little, this was last week. May the, Lord, may the word that the Lord has put in your mouth be the words He puts in their ears. And may, this is from pastor to pastor. And may, he, and may the abundance that comes from your heart be the supply for any lack of faith in theirs. Just a little encouragement for me. This morning, ding, pre-6 a.m. Let's make sure to take some time this morning to sit still until we have been anointed to minister to those whom He appointed to us, making sure there will be no doubt that could rob our shout. He loves to rhyme. No doubt that could rob our shout. He's a little old school. He's from Alabama. Give him grace, okay? He's from Alabama. You know, he's a, he's a Tide fan. Just pray for him. And no unbelief that could hinder their relief. Praying for a miracle today in your life. Love and appreciate you. I'm going to tell you what that is. That's a pattern of blessing. He's got hundreds of reasons. And I promise you, these are way above the totem pole in me. I'm like number 472. A wife, a ministry, he's still a pastor, he travels often, he has an internship in the, in the city they live in, everything else going on nonstop. But he has such a pattern of blessing. I'm going to tell you, that's one of the things that, that attracted me to him saying, I want this guy as a spiritual overseer in my life. Because he knows how to bless. He knows how to pour into. Oh, come on now. Can we do it? Amen. A pattern of blessing. And after I see that picture, I'm like, okay, I have no excuses. I have no excuses ever, ever, ever. We're right here in Luke 24. Now it came to pass while he blessed them or was blessing them that he parted from them and carried up into heaven, verse 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Is the end of the text the way Luke ends it. The way the Spirit of the Lord leads Luke to end it. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Jesus is gone, ascended at the right hand of the Father. Luke, who's the generation after the apostles, after the twelve. This is written post, this is written around 60 AD. 60 years later, John, uh, Luke is saying, I want to tell you what this power of blessing is doing. It's still affecting the next generation and the next one, 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 and the next, one, next, next one, and here we are. 2018, Acadiana, loving Jesus as he has blessed us so we bless others. Lastly, on your notes right there. The power of blessing lasts for years after you're gone. Years. And we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Kids, we hope one day we'll be old and you're going to drive us around and you're going to run things. Not right now, but one day. 
And we want you to be praising and blessing God. You know, some of you started smiling really big when I said that, especially the teenagers. I don't know why. I'll leave that alone. They're like, can't wait for it. Come on. The power of blessing lasts for years after you are gone. This is so central to Jesus' ministry that the first and great sermon that was proclaimed in Acts 3, Peter says this. Let's look at our last scripture in Acts 3. Y'all doing great, kids. We're almost done. Acts 3.25. Peter is proclaiming to a large multitude, Jewish, but people from all over the place at Pentecost. Right thereafter. He's proclaiming the great sermon. They say it's one of the greatest sermons ever preached. Right here in Acts 3, this is when their hearts were cut to the quick. They, what, what, what must we do to be saved? Can you imagine getting up and speaking? This text is about a 15-minute talk. Could have been a little longer. And people are falling on their face saying, what must I do to be saved? Can you imagine the power of God? The power of God is there. Look how he ends this. Luke 3.25. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed. What did he say to Abraham? What did he say from the very beginning? The father of our faith. And your seed and all, your, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus Christ, sent him to, to bless you. To bless you. And what is the greatest blessing? What is the greatest blessing? In turning away every one of you from your sins. Changing your heart that was as red as crimson to white as snow. To hard as a stone to soft as flesh. The blessing of salvation. Isn't that a beautiful picture? The power of blessing lasts for years after you're gone. All right, well, this is our family service, and we're going to end the rest of our time with a time of blessing over all the kiddos. Now, if you look on your notes, behind those, there is a prayer on the adult notes. On the kid notes, there's a coloring page. So if you're coloring, you've got the wrong one. <laughs> there's a prayer. So what we're going to do, kiddos, we love you, and we want to bless you. Do you know what one of the words that describes blessing, it means to celebrate, to celebrate you, to cause to prosper, to make happy, to favor, especially with solemn prayers. So this is what we're going to do. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'm not going to put a mic in anyone's face. All the kids are going to come up and face the, the auditorium, and their parents are going to come to them, and they're going to pray a blessing. I'm going to lead it, and they're, we're all going to pray this prayer over them like Jesus did, like the Father did at the beginning of his earthly ministry, like Jesus did during it, and like Jesus ended it. Ended it. Come on up, kids. Come on up. Man, we got a bunch of kids. Still some of them aren't even. Come on up, kiddos. Y'all spread out over here. Come on, this way. You can spread out. There you go. Oh, the blessing of the Lord. Yes, if anyone has little ones that are the two, uh, six weeks to three years old, you're welcome to go get one of those if you would like to. 
You don't have to, but if you would like to. All right. Okay, parents, come and find yours. The older men in our church, if um, they're going to just walk around, they may pray with you. I know we have some fathers that are missing at work and things like that. They're just going to come and cover you and love on you and bless you and your kids like that also as we pray this. All right, parents, I'm going to read this and pray. And y'all pray it over your kids as I do. Kids, we're going to pray for you guys. We love to do it. We do it every night when you don't know it, when you're asleep. So we're going to do it in front of you. Heavenly Father, I receive, welcome, and acknowledge each of my children as a delight from you. I speak your blessing upon them over them. Give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them. Kids, you are a blessing, and we love you. We're so glad you're here. To end our service, we're going to have a father in the faith and a father who has seven grown children. He's going to pray a prayer of blessing over all of us. Let's stand to end our service. This is Larry. Four grandchildren. It's on. And another one coming. But don't tell anybody yet. She's going to tell everybody next week. Our daughter that lives in Chicago is going to have a baby. 
Oh, Molly is here. Quiet, Molly. We're excited. Children are a blessing of the Lord, as you know, as parents. Nothing is more precious in life than children. And grandchildren are much more precious than that, as you know. <laughs> Just think about your Heavenly Father. Everything that you have towards your children or your grandchildren is because of what God has put in your life. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that we may know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. We have eternal life, and we have life. And God wants to bless each and every one of you today. And he wants to encourage you to let his love that he's placed in your heart for your children, your grandchildren, let it flow out unto other believers and unto the lost. But right now, he just wants to bless you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless your people today. From the oldest to the youngest, continue to give us wisdom, insight, guidance, direction. Provide every need, whether it's physical, spiritual, or financial. Let your blessings be upon your people today. Continue to reveal your love in us and through us. Continue to keep everyone safe. Let your blessings and abundance flow over this assembly and all of our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen.